Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Patriots 4th and 2, the official podcast of PatsFans.com. We are back on Patriots 4th and 2, the official podcast, PatsFans.com. I'm Russ Coleman. Joining me, as always, is Steve Balsheri in the Secret Square and Derek Havens. We are live on Facebook, and also we are live on Twitter on the Patriots 4th and 2 Twitter account. One of the reasons why I say that is to please do subscribe. Actually, we are not live on YouTube, but please do subscribe to our PatsFans.com YouTube channel and also... Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It does help other Patriots fans find us. Please do that. All right, guys, before we get going and talking about the game, I do have something that I just want to give a shout-out to. Today is uh, my daughter Sammy's 19th birthday, so I want to wish her a very happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Sammy. She turns 19 today, and as I probably said in the show, I'll just say one more time because it embarrasses every time I tell her that, that she was uh, born the next day, today, the day prior was 19 years ago, the divisional round playoff game between the Patriots Russ's, and the Titans. That's his favorite year. My favorite season, <laughs> yes. That's right. So. Sorry, Brady, she does have a favorite. That's unfortunate. <laughs> that's crazy. You know, we've been doing the show for so long when, you know, you, she, she was only, she was, you know, seven, eight years old when we first started doing the show. Yeah. So incredible. Yeah, 19 now. Okay, enough of that. She already heard that, and she's not happy, so let's move on. <laughs> That's so, your right as a parent to embarrass your kids. That's the only reason I'm going to have kids, just to make fun of them. It's just perfect. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, in my house, Derek, it's the other way around. Yes. Trust me on that. It's yes. the other way around. I'm known as Peyton Manninghead, so we'll just leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> let's get going, guys. Let's talk about this game, and just give us – your opening thoughts. We'll just go to opening thoughts. We'll break down the game, talk about the special teams, defense, offense, all that. Mac Jones, I want to talk about all of it. Just uh, let's just get your opening thoughts. I'll just mention this. I'm not doing this to embarrass Derek, but Derek was That's very funny. upset early in this game in a little message chat between the three of us. <laughs> so we'll just leave it at that. Derek, your opening thoughts. Did your mood change after that? No, I mean all. All I said was, all I said was, I hope the team gets embarrassed. And the reason I said that was because <laughs> I, 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 I got very emotional to being beginning of this game, um, yes. because it was so frustrating just how that the whole the whole game broke down. I told Steve right after the game ended. You know, normally coaches speak in these coaching cliches, and they say, "Well, the game was lost on a handful of plays." Well, I truly believe this game was lost on just a handful of plays. And, you know, you have two kickoff breakdowns, which special teams have been an issue for two years. I want to circle back to that at some point during the show. We will. Uh, I, you know, Evan Lazar from Patriots.com, friend of the show, had said for weeks about how the kickoff coverage, he was kind of gripping his seat every single time there was a kickoff because the coverage has been so poor. Uh, Naheem Hines took advantage of that, not once, but twice, uh, you know, <laughs> The Patriots, there's only six kickoff returns all regular season allowed by the entire league, and the Patriots let up two in the same game. They let up half of them the entire year. Uh, just unacceptable. Um, and anyway, you can't spot one of the best teams 
14 points. You, I mean, the, I don't care where you want to rank them. Do that on your own time. You can't give one of the best teams in the league 14 points and expect to win that game. Uh, and then you had, you know, two unreal Josh Allen throws. Uh, he's an incredible player. He is exciting to watch. It just sucks. It's just, you know, he's in your division and he's a big obstacle for you to deal with. I just felt like the Patriots played okay. I thought Matt Patricia maybe called his best game of the season. I also want to circle back to that at some point. And honestly, guys, it just came down to a handful of plays, and the Bills were just better. And I thought the Patriots, if they could have not allowed those two deep passes and not allowed those two kickoff returns, I think maybe the Patriots win this between 7 and 10 points. But, you know, that's just why they play the games. They're not not played on paper. So, Right, they're not played on paper, Derek. And uh, if you look at it, like you said, I – agree with a good amount that you said. I think I disagree that the Bills were better. I just think that the Bills made more plays. The plays that won the game. That's 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 the way I look at it. I I wouldn't say that they were better. In fact, I don't think that they were that great. And I think the Patriots made them look that way. So I I also think, I also, to your point, Russ, I also think that I did think like Josh Allen and, and the Bills looked a little slow outside, you know, outside of that obviously opening return, which was storybook. Right. But some of the emotions, some of the things we talked about. I'm not. I'm not even blaming them for that. I totally understand. Yeah. It. We talked about it last week. I. I. I thought some of that actually came into play. Or they did I look agree. shaky. I agree, Derek. That's actually a good point. We. That was part of the reason why I picked the Patriots. Steve, over to you. You're just opening thoughts on the loss. Feel free to chime in on what Derek and I are talking about. Yeah, uh, I agree with the, almost all of what Derek was saying, because uh, again, I mean. We knew the emotions were going to be sky high at the beginning of that game. The adrenaline was going to be pumping the crowd. That's always a loud crowd anyway, but they were especially loud early in the game. And to give up the opening kickoff for a touchdown, you know, when you're an offensively challenged team and you're playing one of the best offenses in the NFL, that's not the way to start, as I texted <laughs> both not. of you guys. It's not the way to start off a football game. It just isn't. And to Derek's point, you know, he talked about that adrenaline burning off. And I think we saw that, you know, at the end of the first quarter, you know, the Bills got the ball back. Allen got sacked. And then the Patriots, on their second possession, went right down the field and scored. And it it was a really good-looking drive. And I'm like, okay, you know, maybe that adrenaline stuff has burned off. And again, they went into halftime tied. And I think the way they went into halftime, I thought was, I mean, they pressured Allen. They forced an interception. You know, they hadn't intercepted him. And I think it was almost 200 attempts. Right. Yeah. It's been um, a while. Yeah. It's been a, a very long while. So you, you snuff out a drive at the end of the half and you go into halftime tied. I'm thinking, hey, you know, they have a chance to actually steal this game. And in the third quarter, they actually went right ahead. Went ahead. They went ahead on, on a field goal, which we can get into, you know, whether or not there should have been pass interference in the end zone. Uh, I, thought, I, thought the, I thought the officials were horrendous for both they sides. Were horrendous. I, I have some thoughts on that, guys. But I'm we'll get even, into that. We'll get into that because I want to talk then, about the officials and how they played this game because I think they, they had an then, idea of how they wanted to do it. Go ahead, Steve. You know, they kicked a field goal. They're ahead in the third quarter. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, hey, they're starting to actually play – you know, uh, on par with Buffalo in Buffalo's house, and it's not a weather event. And then they kick the ball off, and you could sense the air get sucked right out of the Patriots' sideline. Yep. Yep. I mean, that was – the first one was bad. Second one was worse. second one was killer. That, to me, was a difference in the game. I want to go there, guys, because – I thought that was the – I thought that was the turning point in the game. I agree. Because, um, you know, at that point, the Patriots had battled back against the Bills, you know, and they they had only allowed one offensive touchdown going into the third quarter, and they were ahead. And then everything changed. And, you know, sooner or later, Buffalo's offense is going to get on track – and I thought the Patriots' offense and the defense 
both played well enough to steal a win there. I'm not saying they dominated, which they no. didn't on either side. But I thought those two things competed, Steve. They competed and they were playing well enough to win the the football game. Yeah. And I think special teams really let them down there. And you know, as much as we've uh, talked about Matt Patricia, but he did call a really good game. There was a couple of calls there that I didn't like, but I mean, we did that for yeah. 15 years with Josh McDaniels too. So good point. Good point. Let's focus on the special teams because I think this is where the game was lost. I also want to throw in this, the squib kick, guys. The squib oh. kick, okay? I mean, that is just – That was coaching scared. Putting salt on the wound, the squib yeah, kick. They, they, did, they did it because they were scared. They didn't have of any course. face in the coverage. You know? Of course. So they were like, well, I mean, when you do – when you make that decision – you understand that there's a chance it's going to roll out of bounds. Like you have to understand that there's a good chance that the ball could bounce and go out of bounds. And they figured, hey, we'd rather spot Josh Allen on the Bills of the forty than just kick, you know, than just kick it. <laughs> that, I, that's some. I, I don't want to dunk on Polardi too much, you know, because I understand he is a backup punter. Okay, but I don't understand how he was the best they could do when they settled with him the entire year. I just don't understand how they got to that point. Yeah. I don't understand the coverage. I don't under, I mean, that, I mean, I'm, t- both those things are two different. One's a physical talent. The other one is a scheme and design and, and coaching. I, I don't understand the special teams breakdowns that they've had for two years. It's just okay. unacceptable to me. I, I know Cam Accord is, um, under a lot of fire from a lot of Patriots fans and media. And I think it's deserved. I will say that I don't expect to see like some announcement that he's going to get fired. I just don't think that's Bill's style. Um, but I also don't think he should, you know, remain on the staff. Cause I just don't think, I think that he's really, really hurt this team the last two years. I mean, they, they've been, they've been one of the worst by, by, you know, statistically Derek, when's this the year, last time Bill has fired a coach. He'll be reassigned if anything. Yeah. He should be reassigned or it may be more of a quiet thing. What, however you want to do it. I'm not sure, but you've had the most block, blocked punts in the league. The last two years, you let up three kickoff returns this year, which was half the NFL, uh, literally for the entire season for the entire league. Uh, they had one of the worst punting averages in the entire NFL this season, if not the worst. I mean, they have been really, really bad. Uh, for a couple of years now. And this is the team that emphasizes that, that, that phase of the game and has put a lot of money into that phase of the game. Uh, I, I know it's not an acceptable thing. I'm sure in Foxborough, I'm sure Bill knows the issues, but to me, you know, it, it, it's, it would be negligent to keep a in that same role, because I think we've seen now on a large size that he just can't get the job done. And you have someone, by the way, on your staff, who excelled at it, yeah. who was probably miscast in a role in Joe Judge, who could go back to it. And it, and I think that's the way it should go, in my opinion. I'm not going to disagree with you, Derek. Let's move on and because I, I want to definitely get to big picture stuff in the second half of the show. So I don't want to spend right, too much time talking about the game. But I do want to talk about all the units. Let's talk about defense. Steve, I want to go to you because I want to talk to you a little bit about this. Now, I've watched Josh Allen destroy the Patriots – for several games now. I know we're talking about the motion. Derek brought that up, that maybe that's a factor in here. I think if we factor that too much, we're taking away from the performance here of the Patriots defense. They made Mac, I sh- sorry, there's a Goldman for it. They made Josh Allen look uncomfortable at times. He did have these two incredible throws that Derek talked about. But if you take those out of it and you look at his performance, he was affected by the Patriots defense big time. <laughs> First time in a very long time I can say that. The pass rush, the secondary wasn't the greatest, but the pressure that they got on him was consistent and made him uncomfortable. It's the first time in a long time I've seen that. Absolutely. Um, We talked about that. I mean, the defense, I thought, played well enough to win, you know, and that's that's the big picture here. I mean, um, it wasn't perfect. You know, um, but you look at the, you know, what do they like to do against Josh Allen? Or what, uh, let me rephrase that. What do they try to do is keep him from making plays with his legs. Now, he made some of those by throwing the ball, but rushing, 
they did a great job on him, you know, and he averaged less than two yards per carry uh, when he ran the ball. So, and they took away the Bills' run again. The Bills only averaged 3.6 yards a carry as a team. So that was big. I thought the defensive line did a really good job. They didn't get a whole lot of sacks. They only had two, but the pressure was there, and they were forcing him into moving, and he made some throws, you know, that were not the most comfortable for him, and I think it showed up. But The interception, it showed up, Steve. That interception. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The interception, it showed up. And then, you know, the – the, those two plays, I mean, that throw to Diggs, which what are you gonna do? that what are you was gonna incredible. Do? I'm, I, you know, what are I you going to do? Is exactly how you respond to that. What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, I mean that that's just one of those plays you just have to tip your hat to the guy because if that was thrown anywhere other than exactly where it was, it's probably incomplete. It was just a perfect throw, and he can make those. And that other uh, touchdown to Brown. You know, they, they had everything covered. Allen got flushed out, and it looked like John Brown was stopping along the sideline next to Miles Bryant. And then when he turned upfield, I mean, he has such incredible speed. You saw him leave Bryant in the dust. And, again, what are you going to do there? I mean, they schemed it up to cover him up. And then Allen threw another beautiful pass, yeah. and Brown made a great reception in the yeah. end zone. And, and, and again, I mean, there's, you can't fault anyone for that. You know, I, it's just stuff that happens. Uh, right. There was a few, few missed tackles in there, but that's going to happen during a game. But against, you know, over, Alan, overall, this is one of the best performances I can remember. Against the Bills? Yes. Yeah, because they only scored 21 offensive points. Right, and that's a, they're the litmus test right now. And Derek, I want to go to you because – I'm looking at the game, and I know they're going to do nothing. At the time, I'm thinking maybe they're going to sneak into the playoffs, but I know they're going to do nothing. I'm thinking moving ahead mm-hmm. about the defense and, and also the offense too. More on the defense, I'm thinking they can keep most of these players intact, upgrade the secondary. we got something here. we got something to build on. And that to me was what was encouraging. I've not seen them being able to – stop an elite quarterback even a little bit they did that in this game uh yes I think for the most part throughout the year when they faced a good quarterback the defense looked more average than you know when they flexed their muscles against weaker competition you know from under center I think you know Jonathan Jones being a being a free agent is a huge consideration here Devin McCourty likely retiring, although nothing's official, and just based on the way him and Matthew Slater acted after the game, you know, you kind of lend you to believe that those are two big issues. But I think, Russ, to your point, you know, you have Judon up front, who's not really a building block, but on the opposite side, you have Tavai and Uche, who I who I think both uh you know showed some some value. I thought Daniel Equale this season kicked his game up inside as a defensive interior lineman. Christian Barmore, I thought had a really strong way to close out the year after having a slow start with injuries to begin. Uh, you know, I thought Juwan Bentley probably had one of his best years, if not his best year as a pro. So I thought you saw some nice, some, some nice uh, play from your players up front, you know, but to your point, secondary is a concern. I think safety is a sneaky big need this season or this off season for the Patriots, you know, specifically a free safety. Um, but cornerback is going to be the one of the ones that's going to be on your top probably two or three, you know, needs for me. And, th- and that's going to be a big thing. But, yeah, in this game, in this game, I thought the defense, it's it's always a little Jekyll and Hyde. Point, point being with Bill Belichick as your head coach, are things going to be perfect? No, we've seen that the last few years. But your defense is going to be competitive because he's just that damn good at, 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 at you know, coaching up that side of the ball. I think Gerard Mayo and Steve Belichick also should deserve some credit for that. Absolutely. 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 We're going to talk about both of them in the second half of the show. Who's going to be (laughs) the defensive coordinator? Well, they don't have one, but will they be making a call on that? Will they be forced to make a call on that? Talk about that in a little bit. Okay, Steve, over to you. Let's talk about the offense, and then that's how we're going to finish up talking about this game. Offense looked like an NFL offense, right? It did. I mean, granted, that that first series was a – I, I was like, oh, my, it's going to be one of those games. 
I mean, they looked completely discombobulated and the bills were all over them. But then that second drive came and they, they started chugging. And I was thinking that was an impressive drive. They went nine plays, uh, 74 yards, you know, Mac Jones looked very comfortable in the pocket. And one of the things we've been talking about, they weren't throwing those two yard passes. They were throwing the ball beyond the sticks. They were completing them. You know, uh, I thought he looked fantastic on that drive. And, you know, I, I thought the play calling, you know, was really good. And they, they capped it off with a great play. Jacoby Myers, I, I still don't know how he came down and got his foot on the ground and dragged it like he did. That was incredible. And, you know, for most of the game, yeah, the Bills dug in their heels. That's an excellent defense. So, you know, but the fact that they were – they should have scored 24 points. You know, they went for that two-point conversion when they were down. Right. But uh, they scored 24 points, and really, they should have had a shot at 28 with the uh, that play in the end zone. But, you know, if you can score that many points against the Bills defense, you're playing like an NFL offense. Yeah. So I thought they looked really sharp. For much of this game, yeah, the Bills, you know, there was a lot of drives where they snuffed them right out, which they can do that against teams like Kansas City. So, you know, I, I thought the, the offense, again, played well enough to win the game. Okay. Just want to share this comment before I go to you, Derek. And thank you, Rosalie, for commenting. Love our Patriots. Thank you very much. Yeah. Appreciate anyone that comments and listens, watches live. So thank you very much. All right, Derek, over to you. Let's talk about the Patriots offense through your eyes, but I want to do it a little bit different because I just went to Steve with what's like, you know, an NFL offense. Let's focus on Mac Jones. Let's just get your thoughts on Mac Jones and how he, he played here. He wasn't this is one of his best games. No, he wasn't good in this game. Um, he looked really? comfortable. He looked comfortable at times, but it, he looked he looked worse when you watch it back. Um, okay. I thought that this okay. was one of the rare times – this season, it might be the only time this season where I thought Patricia had a better day than Mac did. Wow. Um, I thought that Mac Jones, there were some good throws. He had okay. he had a he had a few really nice passes to Parker. Um, he had a he had a couple of uh, he had a couple of good plays, but I thought there was a lot of opportunity for him that he left plays out on the field in this game. And it was I, live. I thought he I thought this was closer to his Minnesota game where he. You know, he looked comfortable. The offense looked moving. The offense, in general, I thought was better in this game because Patricia actually called a better game. When I watched it a second time, I was surprised by how many throws I felt like the ball placement was not great for Mac. How he looked, how his feet, and it, when 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 his mechanics are not good, the ball placement is all over the place. And we know he doesn't have the arm talent to overcome things like that. And I thought that his feet placement, specifically. Um, on a couple different dropbacks was just not good. Um, I I thought that there was, again, some good throws, but there were points left on the field, and I thought it was mostly from the quarterback in this game. Had nothing to do with play calling, had nothing to do with spacing. Like I thought it's been an issue all year. There were a lot of throws that were either low or behind the receiver uh, and or things that he just flat out didn't see. Uh, again, live, I thought it was different. But, uh, again, I think this might have been the only game all season that I watched back where I was like, wow, Patricia actually put players in a good position. Mac just wasn't able to execute. Wow, Steve, I was not expecting that from Derek. I understand. I thought he was going on the interceptions, but that's not where he went. No, the he interceptions, went on, only one on three were him. The, he the went two on were actual ball placement, which is very yeah. interesting, and mechanics, which now that he's saying it, I could see Derek's point. Agree or disagree? I thought Mac played pretty well. Um, you know, the interceptions wow, at the end. you guys are disagreeing for the first time in a long time. That's all right. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, uh, he wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but I thought he played well. I mean, yeah. they had a lot of pressure on him. Again, he was only sacked one time, but they were bringing pressure on him and forcing him to move quite a bit. Yep. And I, I thought he played – for the most part within himself, he did a really good job. I thought of scanning the field with the amount of time that he had. Yeah, there was some throws off, uh, no doubt about it. But, you know, in the grand scheme of things, I thought he played well. Um, okay. 
the the interception that one to Aguilar, um, he wasn't able to step into the throw. They had pressure on him. That was maybe a play he should have tossed away. Yep. But I and that was the only play call that I really well one of the only couple that I had issue with. Okay. Also, Aguilar's effort on that was oh oh was terrible. Oh, I mean, yeah. just horror horrible. Yeah, yeah, because he. For some reason, he pulled up mm-hmm. at the very end, and then he made no effort to go after the ball. I mean, I, I don't get it, but, no. you know, that was one of the, the calls because I was like, why are you putting him in that situation and not, you know, one of the other three guys, you know? But it, it is what it is. I mean, I thought Mac played pretty well. Okay. The interceptions at the end – you know, yeah. again, the one on uh, Hunter Henry, there was a lot of bills in that area, but he, he tried to gun it in there, and it was just a little too high. I think, you know, if that ball was like maybe four or five inches lower, Henry comes down with that even in there. But, you know, it bounced off his hand, and unfortunately, right to Matt Milano. The one at the end, again, they had pressure on him. He let it go too early when – I, I think that was Damian Harris. Okay. I'd have to look back. Yeah. By the time he turned around, the ball was right on him, and he only got a hand on it, and it bounced right to McKenzie. So, yeah. yeah. I'll just say this, too. I think, obviously, I respect Steve's opinion. He's one of my, well, you guys have been my close friends for over a decade. So, if Steve and I disagree, it actually makes me, you know, question my opinion on things. <laughs> But I'll just say this: I do, th- I, I don't, I don't think that Mac was great in this game. What it's I fun. think, while, while, while I, where I see what some people are saying, where he was good versus he was bad, in my opinion, I thought it was because he looked more comfortable with the offensive play calling, and that's fair. And so Derek. that's where I thought he, there were a Derek, lot. Of you're throws. entitled to your opinion, my friend. No, I know. I, you guys don't need to tell me that. I, I you guys know I can. <laughs> uh, if I really wanted to bang the drum, I bang the drum. I just think that. This offense actually looked like an offense where he was comfortable, okay. and it looked like an offense that we could envision with this personnel on the field. And yeah. I thought that he looked comfortable at times, and that's why I think people got the perception that it was a good game. And again, maybe it was, but when I watched it back, I was disappointed because I I was like, well, you know, I mean, it did take him friggin' four months to get here, but hey, well. You know, they're actually calling plays and the receivers aren't bumping into each other 10, 12 yards downfield and things were in rhythm outside of a couple of second and 20 draws. I wasn't really that upset with the play calling. So that's kind of where I don't know, you know, only really probably Bill and the coaching staff can tell us who is right and who's wrong because we don't know everyone's responsibilities. But just when I watched it back, I thought that there were plays to be made um, by the quarterback that I just didn't think he made. But I thought that for the most part, we're actually, we're like, it was like the Minnesota game, guys, where it was like, yep. holy crap, where has this been all year long? It takes the last game, you know, for this to happen. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and that's just one of those, and that's just one of those things where. And, it, and again, like, what, what you just said, you know, the second and 20 draw, I rolled my eyes at that. But, you know, it's one of those situations where if it doesn't work, we're going to, like we used to always do with Josh McDaniels, what are you doing? But, you know, if Stevenson gained eight, to 11 yards would be like, oh, what a great call. Now it's third and manageable. You know, it's. Well, if you're dead set on going for it on fourth down, the defense obviously isn't expecting a second and 20 draw. So it's like you probably will pick up some yards. So it's like, yeah. okay, if you want to cut it to third and 12 and you know you're going to go for it on fourth down, then okay, I'm not, it's not the end of the world. You know, I think they did one long draw and it worked. The first, if I'm not mistaken, they did one yeah. long draw and it worked. Yeah. The second one did not, but it was, yeah. anyway, it, it just was one of those games, guys, where you, some of the play calling, I felt scratching my head, like, where was this? Like, the majority of the right. year, it just didn't make any sense. No, it's a good point. Guys, to finish this up real quick, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I have a theory. I've got a conspiracy I'll be, theory. I'll be right back, guys. I'll let yeah, you that's know. fine. I, it's something that I actually talked to you about, Steve. I do want to talk very quickly about the officiating. My theory is that there was a mandate coming from New York not to call a lot of penalties because of the situation with the Buffalo Bills and the player Hamlin. I think that they want, they did not want many penalties in this game. I think that they 
because you can't tell me there's no penalty for three quarters of a football game, and then all of a sudden they go crazy with calling penalties. You yeah. tell me. That's my conspiracy theory that this was a mandate from the league not to call penalties, maybe or call very little, unless it was very obvious. Come on. Well, they, they they did call one on the Bills in the first quarter, but because the Patriots completed a pass. Um, oh, that's right. That's right. Then it was declined because okay. they did flag them once for holding. And All it right. was a pretty blatant hold. All right. Now, I mean, I don't know if it was a mandate from the league, but it certainly seemed like the officials were swallowing those whistles. Yeah, that was just for, it just for three something. quarters. I didn't, I didn't hear what Russ's theory was, but I'm telling you right now, I have no problem with how the game was called initially until they changed their minds and like the well, like towards the end of the game where they they went from not calling anything to a couple of calling, real ticky tack fouls. Calling everything. Yeah. I said to Steve that I thought maybe this was coming down from the league to not call many penalties unless they were really obvious. I'm fine because, with that. You know, and I think for this specific game, because of the situation with Hamlin, I thought maybe with the emotions they were going to not call many penalties. That was just my theory. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't disagree. I thought that there was, I thought there was two calls. One early in the game where there was a Bills player with his whole body across the line of scrimmage yes. that should have been offside. Thank you, Janice. And and I don't and, and I don't understand where the there's a line judge on every play a guy that's yeah. a, re, a referee that's standing on the yeah. line of scrimmage yeah. I don't understand how that's missed there was the um there was a bad call I thought that that was that was offensive or defensive pass interference against the Bills that should have been called late and then there was a a call against against the Bills that was oh. the uh, that was the high lobe chop block. That was yep. a terrible call. The Bills absolutely yep. got robbed on that, too. So I thought the officials had a really, really rough day. I yep. thought early on, I'm okay. You know, just call the egregious ones. You know, yeah. just call the egregious ones. I'm good. If you want to let the players play, I would always lean towards that style of fishing. But, then, but okay. then they called Hunter Henry on that ticky-tack offensive pass yep. interference. Yep. Yep. The pick That's play. what set up that third and 20. Sure. You know? Yep. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, good. Chris, I, I agree. I'm looking at Chris in the chat. Could the officials just not be very good? No, well, I, I have no idea why a multi-billion dollar company doesn't have full-time <laughs> officials that decide outcome of games, but we'll just get to that in the offseason. That, that's entirely <laughs> possible too, Chris, that maybe yeah. the officials just suck. And by yeah. the way, it's hard when you have 22 guys who are all massive and are all fast. Even yeah. the fat guys are faster than most, you know, most regular people can believe. Yeah. So it's like I, I, I know their job is hard, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, maybe we should put some more money in to make them full time yeah, and have them practice in the offseason and things like that. When a 300 pound interior defensive lineman is all the way across the line of scrimmage before the snap, I mean, come on. Stevie yeah. Wonder can see that one. Yeah, one. I agree. Okay. All right. Coming up next, we're going to talk about the future of the Patriots. This should be fun. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, guys, let's get to it. We're going to start with a little mea culpa from me. Russ reserves the right to change his mind. Now, I said this on a prior show. I was, get rid of Belichick. I was very adamant about this because I want to change. I almost sounded like Derek and our messages going back and forth, working on emotion. You know, Derek's like, let them get embarrassed. But then I actually thought about it <laughs> now, a few weeks later and came to my senses, I guess you could say that he's not the problem. The problem really is the coaches on his staff, but that's ultimately <laughs> that's on him well, because it he is on him. That. No, it's on him, but he is not the one that needs to be replaced. That's the way I, he needs to change. Now, I will say this. If he's not willing to change, <laughs> then 
Russ reserving the right to change his mind goes out the window again. I think but, I feel like after 10 years, I'm finally rubbing off on you <laughs> with, this, with, with this whole thing. <laughs> well, you, have a, you came in real strong with the take a couple weeks ago. You're kind of yeah. you're kind of reneging on it a little bit. I am but reneging. You are leaving. I am. You are leaving that window just slightly ajar. Just, just a little. Just enough. Just and a I'm with there. you, by the way. I couldn't agree okay. with you more, which is which is why you should be terrified in your opinion right now. But but it's like, yeah, I agree. Put, put up, I don't want Bill to Chris's go either. last comment. So. Okay, I haven't seen Chris's comments, so okay, let's see. Someone record the moment. <laughs> From oh god, Mr. Argon, thank you very much. There, Chris. I will just Great. say this I yep. agree with you. I, I think that right now the coaching staff is not where it needs to be. Now, I think on the defensive side, you have Gerard Mayo, you have Steve Belichick, you have uh Demarcus Covington, you have um, uh, there's one other guy I'm trying to think. There, the defensive staff has more guys that have been around for a while, and I yep. think that you don't see some of the issues you know, that you do on the offensive side of the ball, because I think you have just too many new guys. Now I think Troy Brown has been around for a while, but I don't really know how well of a coach he is. And I know Vinny Sinceri on the same side has also been a pretty good uh, coach, but I don't know when they, they move these guys to new roles. I can't tell you if they're good or bad at their, at their jobs. I I have no idea to know that, but what I do feel like I know is that we saw a first, time offensive coordinator first time off the coach by the way the offensive coordinator was splitting time with a with an assistant uh off the line coach to teach the offensive line i thought that they were spread too thin and too inexperienced on the offensive side of the ball and i thought more often than not that's why you saw some of the issues not all some of the issues on that side of the ball and that's why if i'm the crafts you know that him them and bill are going to sit down and talk about it i mean he has supposedly to be they to already are changes. or they are going to very shortly. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the the Bill O'Brien has been thrown out there. Cliff Kingsbury has been thrown out there. Chad O'Shea has been thrown out there. Derek, we're gonna get there. We're okay. gonna get there. You're, oh, you're, jump, you're jumping, jumping a couple I'm, steps. You're I'm jumping, jumping the gun. Steps. Okay, I'll let you. Let me, like, excuse me. Excuse me for going off the rails. Play the game. Play the game. <laughs> okay, you went off script. Play the game. What because else? Because I still want to talk about Bill. So I'm gonna ask the question now. As you can imagine, here you guys don't live here anymore. You don't see it. You might see, see it a little bit it. on Twitter. So I'm I'm just telling you, led by our lovely local media, I'm going to ask a question. Who will be the head coach next season, Steve? I think it's going to be Bill Belichick. But I, I won't rule out. I think the chances are slim that he gets replaced. I won't. Uh, I think they're very slim. But if he digs in his heels and he doesn't want to make a lot of changes to his staff offensively next year. I think there's an outside shot that the crafts will relieve him of his duties. Okay. I don't think that's a big, you know, possibility. Five to 10% maybe? Under 10. Under 10. Okay. Derek, how about you? I agree with Steve. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that only if he digs in his heels. Sure, you're not going to disagree with him after the last comment. So, <laughs> well, I mean, well, we've had like what, maybe like two disagreements a season averaging and, the last like, oh, 10 two, years. Two disagreements in 11 years. Yeah. I right. know. You guys are always yeah. in lockstep. It's Great me. minds think alike, baby. That's true. That's true. Um, I honestly, though, I, I, I think it would really come down to an explosive disagreement between the crafts and Bill, you know, it, and I, I look. I thought it was interesting. I don't know what you guys think about this, but a different angle kind of related is the season ticket letter that went out and it went out quick, real quick. And, you know, there was, there was the comment that Bill made in his post-game presser about how much money the team has spent. I don't think these are intentional shots at each other, but I think that both are kind of making arguments, you know? Oh, I think they were shots. Yeah, I, but I don't know if they're malicious, Steve. You know what I mean? Like, I think that you can still take a shot or you can still make a point and not be like, not, not, it's not like, I don't think they have like a bad relationship. Let's put it that way. I just think Bill's like, yeah, Robert, we did spend a lot of money one year, but if you look at it as a three year picture, we're, you know, we're towards the bottom, you know, or, and then Robert Kraft might be putting Belichick you know, and some pressure on him being like, yeah, this wasn't good enough and changes are coming because he, they're, they're getting ahead of it. Like, like changes need to be coming. Don't do, keep your season tickets. People keep spending that money. Just, I mean, I don't know. I, I do feel as though that there needs to be some, some changes. I think Bill understands that. I just wonder 
I know Bill likes to stay here, guys, even keel. I just wonder if he feels like they need to be as severe as maybe we do. Part of me, I have my doubts. But if I'm the crafts, I'm talking to Bill and being like, that we got to do something here, Bill, because right now it's just not, it hasn't been good enough. Okay. Well, that's going to well, lead us to talk did, about this. Oh, hold so, on, go ahead, guys, Steve. Just one more point. Sure. Go ahead, Steve. I don't know if you guys watched that interview on Sunday night on 60 Minutes of Prince Harry. I did. But, he, but I did. he said that every morning someone would place all the tabloids in front of the, the queen. Yes. And they would read them. I think somebody does the same thing to Bill Belichick. Oh, I agree with that. That's a good you know, point, Steve. I totally agree. Because I as we all as we all know, Bill can be very vindictive if he thinks someone criticizing him for, you know, a decision whatever is one thing. But if he thinks that they're going, I guess, beyond the pale, he can be very vindictive and he doesn't take kindly to that. No. So. That's a good point. That's actually a very good point. I remember that on 60 Minutes, all the tabloids are there for the Queen, and I think Bill gets the same kind of thing. Well, that's with, what with the local I media. immediately thought of when I saw that. Because <laughs> I was like, you know somebody is putting that in front of Bill. He well, says, I like Bill even more now. I like Bill you know, even more. He says, oh, I, I don't read none of that. But yet he'll take shots at people. Oh, he if, knows all about it, Steve. He knows all yeah. about it. No, yes, yeah. he does. He's very aware. Okay. So let's now talk about this. I want you to predict this. This is just a prediction. Derek, who will be the play caller next season? I'm going to go with Bill O'Brien. So you think that they're going to make the move for Bill O'Brien? I think they're – I think they're. I, I really honestly and what believe, I hear is Bill O'Brien wants to come back to the area because he's got family here. So He does, and I know that he has a son with a lot of issues that yeah. he needs to be in an area where he's comfortable with. Um uh, and, uh, I know he's going to have interest. My honest, my honest, what I really think is going to happen is that I think Gerard Mayo is going to leave to become a defensive coordinator for a different team because he wants to be a head coach, but he really won't get that opportunity unless he becomes an official coordinator, which bill won't give him here because of this, because of the relationship with Steve. So I think what's going to happen is I think Joe judge is going to go to special teams. I don't know if Kim Accord gets fired, but I think Joe judge takes over that. I think Matt Patricia takes over for, uh, uh, Gerard Mayo and help Steve Belichick. And then I think Bill O'Brien comes in with some new staffers on the offense and that's how it goes. Okay. Steve, let's start with play caller. Who's going to be the play caller next season? I, I'm I'm in agreement with Derek. I think the odds on favorite is Bill O'Brien, mm-hmm. but I will yeah. put a caveat on that. He has to train Nick Cali to take over his job because ultimately we know Bill O'Brien wants to be a head coach again. Right. Yep. And so what are the chances it will be Nick Kelly? Um, well, that, that I, I think better chance than Matt around here, by the way, it Bet, has the better, formed. better chance. It's Matt Patricia next season than Nick Kelly. But okay. yeah, because me. when we all thought Nick Kelly was going to get, I said that, you know, in the off season, mm-hmm. um, but the fact that they gave it to Patricia to, told me that bill doesn't think he's ready i don't know if he think he's ready after one more year so i'm kind of leaning towards somebody else and we all know bill likes to hire somebody he's close to right so you know um if i'd be fascinated if it was if it was cali the thing that the thing that we don't know is is he upset that he was blocked from going to Vegas because, you know, Bill said, Hey, Nick, you know, you're under contract. We need you to keep, stay here. You know, Nick was apparently heading to go to with McDaniels to Vegas. I don't know if that pissed Nick off or not. That's something that we can't answer, but something True. that, but something that I have learned that I didn't know just having a conversation with someone is that how important being a tight end coach is to becoming an offensive coordinator because when you're a receivers coach or you're a running backs coach, you're focusing on one side of or one part of the offense. But when you're a tight end coach, you're involved in the running game because of blocking, obviously different blocking schemes and right. beca- and passing. So you right, have an intricate point. you have an intricate knowledge of the entire offense, which is why so many offensive coordinators are e- either go up through the quarterback coach route or go through the tight end coach route. And I thought no, that was an point. interesting conversation. Um, 
you know, that I had had. And, and, and it makes a lot of sense. And so I the, the, the silver or not the silver lining, but I guess the, the big question that we all can't answer is, is, uh, you know, how Nick Cayley feels about new England. That's right. something that we just don't right. know. Well, and I guess some of those hard feelings could be glossed over if, uh, Bill turns over the offense to him. Thank you, so. Claire. Hi, Claire. Claire had to chime in. The minute of she course. hears tight ends, she might That's be doing it. three different things, Steve. She She's hears tight ends, and us. all of a sudden, <laughs> there's little bells that go off. Ears burning. I'm, I'm, I'm 10,000 yeah. miles away from Claire right now, and I say tight ends, I could whisper it, and it's like ASMR to her. She's like, tight ends. <laughs> all right. Okay. okay. <laughs> you know, um, I would like to see them groom Nick Cali for that job. Either, this, as I told Derek offline, we were talking on oh. Sunday evening. I said if the offense had struggled this year with the play calling and the design with Nick Cali, I could have lived with that because yeah. you know he's a young guy, he's learning for the first time how to do all this. I could have lived with that. The fact that they went with Patricia, I mean, I was willing to give it a shot, but it didn't work. So, you know. Yeah. All right. Good stuff from the two of you. Let's hey, now... Chris, I, I'm not going to be the official defensive coordinator. Oh, is he asking for you? Yeah. No, he's it's actually. No, he means Steve Belich. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. There's a Goldman for you. I didn't read it quick enough. That's a good question, though, Chris. I honestly don't. I've always, I honestly thought about I, I that think the other will day. Be. I okay, don't, I don't think well, it will happen, but I could see it potentially. Well, happen. I'm going right there, guys. Who's going to be the defensive coordinator? It sounds like Steve Balsheri <laughs> thinks another Steve B is going to be the defensive coordinator. Yeah, uh, I think he is <laughs> going to get the title because uh, Mayo is going to leave, as we all know. Um, so I think he's going to get the title this year. And like uh, I think Derek said that earlier in the show, if they move Patricia, because um, I think when I was talking to Derek, he was the one that, you know, I think he was the one that told me that Steve calls the plays, which we all know. Yes. And Mayo makes the substitutions of the players. Right. right. So Goes it's kind of hand, a, I guess. yeah, it, it's kind of a co-defensive coordinator thing, but Steve's the one calling the plays. I think, um if they give Steve the title and move Patricia, if they want to keep him on the field as taking over Mayo's role as the, the substitution chief there, or whatever they call him. Right. I don't have a problem with that. I mean, he has a lot of experience on the defensive side of the ball. I don't want to see him be the coordinator. I want to see Steve do it. And you know, with all the talk of nepotism about Steve, look at this defense. He's a guy calling the plays. Is there, uh, again, we're going to this defense. They were good all season. Steve, they were good, but it's funny. I think you're the only one, including myself. I, Derek, I don't know how you feel about it. No one's willing to give Steve Belichick credit. You realize no. this. No no one's willing to give him any credit because of Bill. No one's willing to do it. Well, that's some why so many people you got to give him credit. If so many people have said, you know, if, if Steve really wants to be a head coach, and maybe he'll get the opportunity when Bill's done, but – he needs to leave the the nest and and kind of do it somewhere else. And I get that. You don't to a know point. if he wants to be a head coach. You don't know this. No, I don't. But I I don't I don't know a whole lot of coaches who are willing to put in that kind of time in that league because the amount of time they they put in that don't have bigger aspirations than just positional coaches or unnamed coordinators. I mean, so I agree. I don't know it, but I also can you know you also can kind of get there if you kind of talk it out. But anyway, I I. I I'm curious to see what would happen if Gerard leaves. I'm assuming Gerard leaves, uh, you know, like Steve just said, you know, that's how the information was relayed to me. Gerard runs meetings more because he's a little less socially awkward and because he's been, he's a player. So the players have that connection with him and that Gerard and uh, Demarcus Covington, who was the linebackers coach and was a defensive line coach this year, they're in charge of substitutions on and off the field. Why Steve calls plays. Obviously Bill has influence on that defense like no other. We understand that, but um, I do think it'd be interesting to see him actually get the title. You know, it's yeah. just, I, I, I mean, we've heard guys talk about it in the past, how players I'm saying for the Patriots say, you know, it's a little confusing if we don't know exactly who we should talk to. 
Um, I think that I understand why Bill doesn't do the title thing, but I also think a little bit's overrated. Like, I, I would like to see them name coordinators this season and and make the and and not have kind of one foot in, one foot out. You know, I, I would like them to make some. I think defensively, they have the personnel on their team to have a good defensive coaching staff. I cannot say the same for the offense, which is why I think they need to look out elsewhere on the offensive side. Where defensively, okay. I think they can stay in house. Okay, now. Chris, to answer your question, I'll take this on, guys, if you want to chime in as well. I don't think this, this will ever happen. I unfortunately think that the bridge has been burnt between Belichick and Flores. I think he's kind of in the Mangini category right now. Not that I agree or disagree, but because of that, how everything went down, I don't see that. I would love to see Brian Flores back. I think Brian Flores should be a head coach. I, I'm a big fan of him. Steve, I don't see this happening. Am I wrong? I don't see it happening either just because uh, Bill doesn't want to undermine Steve. Okay, so you're, you're going that way. You don't think that there's any personal situation? No, I don't on. think there's a problem. I mean, you know, uh, I don't think he's in Mangini category because, you know, um, you know, Bill texted him. I, I don't think Bill was happy when he used that as his evidence, you know, right. of uh, – whatever it was with Miami, right. but yeah. Um, you know, on the whole thing with the giants when Dayball yep. got the job. So anyway, um, I don't think there's that, um, but you know, Bill's grooming Steve to be, you know, the defensive coordinator. He actually, I think he already is, but yeah, I at think the same is. time, you know, with Mayo, they want, they wanted to promote Mayo as well. So, they gave him like a co-defensive coordinator type of title, non-title. Make him a, and so I got an idea. I got an idea with Gerard Mayo, and I don't know if this will go, and they've been talking about it here. Make him assistant head coach. Do something like that. Because Belichick actually had that, I think, title when he came up here for that one year under Parcells. Make him some kind of like, like special coach, Steve. No? I, I don't know. I think Mayo just like Derek said earlier, he wants to get out of the nest. Yeah. You know, yeah, you're probably right. And, you know, he's already got some head coaching feelers out there. You know, he's been interviewed a few times. I think yeah, if he gets that coordinator role this year, he'll be a head coach next year. No, that's a good point. It's a good point. All right. And, and, and the one thing we didn't mention, they need a really good quarterback coach. No, I, I totally <coughs> agree with that. And that's going to lead the talk about the quarterback to end the show, guys. Perfect. So, Derek. It all comes full circle. Who will be the quarterback next season? Will it be Matt Jones? Unless he requests a trade. Yeah, I agree. I, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what you'd get for him anyway, but I, 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 I would love to hear the reports. If Actually, I wouldn't love – I would not love it, but I would be fascinated to see the hear the report, see and hear the reports if, if, they, if it comes out that the Patriots are keeping Patricia as offensive coordinator, what Mac Jones would do. I honestly would be fascinated by it. I would not like to see it because I – think Patricia needs to be, you know, recast. And right. I want to see Mac Jones. I've said this a couple times to people. I know that it's funny, you know, Mac Jones is very polarizing into this fan base. Some people really believe in him. Some people don't. I've had plenty of people reach out to me, think that the Patriots would have won this game last Sunday if Bailey Zappi was under center. I couldn't disagree more, no. even though I was critical no. of Jones's performance. I think Mac Jones will be the quarterback. I think he should be the quarterback. And I think it would be negligent to move on from him at this point. I, I mean, at, look, his rookie year, they won 10 games and they made the playoffs. And he looked like a quarterback with some promise. His second year, they moved some things around and he struggled. And there was a lot of, there's a lot of weird issues and they went eight and nine. I want to see the coaching staff built up on the offensive side of the ball. I want to see them make a couple changes to their personnel and I want to see him. I want to give him another full year before I make that determination. I, I, I firmly believe he will be the quarterback next year. If you want to tell me you don't believe in him long-term, I'm willing to accept that conversation. Like we, like that's, that's, that's yep. a fine conversation. Everyone has an opinion, but I I've seen him play better than he, than he did this year. We saw it last year. And I think that with a better circumstances around him, I think that the team would have ascended now. I also will say to you, I'm starting to 
you know, I, this year certainly made me question his ceiling, but I know that the floor is higher because we've seen it in the past. Okay. Steve, before I go to you, I just want to answer this to Chris. Do the Patriots need to start planning for a future new head coach? Now, here's the issue with that. You can't no. have secession plans because of the Rooney rule. You can't do that anymore. You can't. You absolutely cannot do that because you have to interview black coaches, which I actually agree with minority coaches. I agree with that. So you can't have that plan. You can't do that anymore. So I just wanted just to mention that. I also would just interject real quickly and say that I also don't think that anyone on Bill's staff, I'm hoping the crafts, when they, when Bill is done, I'm hoping the crafts just go in an entirely different direction. I agree but with that. I, 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 I've gone back and forth on that for a long time. There was a period of time where I wanted Casario to be the GM and I wanted McDaniels to be the head coach. And I, I've moved on from that. I think that when Bill is done, I think that you need a clean break and a full cleanse of the organization. And I don't mean that in a bad way necessarily. Yeah. I just think that you've done things for so long. And so, uh, you know, for so long with the same group of people, I think it would be good to put, you know, a totally different group of people in place and make this a totally new chapter when that time comes. Okay. Steve, back over to you to the topic at hand. Who'll be the quarterback next season? It has to be Matt Jones. Has to be. You know, like Derek said, his rookie year, I mean, he had a very good rookie season. I mean, as rookie quarterbacks go, you look at the numbers he put up uh, and he won him 10 games, got them into the playoffs. That was a promising start. No one was saying he was great last year. He wasn't great. But, you know, when you're considering a rookie quarterback coming in, you know, and get handing the reins like he did, he put up a good season. And remember, they kept the shackles on him for most of last season. Um, you know, they wanted to keep his confidence up. We were all looking forward to seeing what he could do with some improved weapons. It didn't work out that way. The offensive coaches changed things around. It never got unfolded the way they envisioned it. We saw that from the beginning of training camp. The offensive line, which was supposed to be a strength, was not. It was the exact opposite. And when you put those two factors together, I think his regression, that's what you can point your finger at. So, you know, let's see what happens next year. They're going to have to get a new play caller in, a new quarterbacks coach in, and see where we go from here. But he has to be the quarterback. These people that are calling for Bailey Zappi to be yep. the starter next year, come on, folks. Yeah, you know he's not going to be the starter, and no. I, especially the a lot of people are calling for them to trade for Derek Carr. No, and I'm totally against that. Well, I think Derek Carr will will probably be a free agent, but I mean, I've heard I've heard things about trading for Aaron Rodgers because he's under contract. I just yeah. I, I'm good. I'm I'm all I'm all good. I would rather draft. I would rather go into the draft again and and redraft the rookie quarterback than any of those options. Agreed, Derek. I'm I'm with you guys. I I go with Mac Jones, and then if you feel he's not the guy, I I do go into the draft, and I'm not sure if he is the guy. But I, 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 I still think sure. that would be honestly, guys. The way I the way I've put this to, and I'll I'll say this, and I'm sure I'll say this a couple times this offseason. If you don't believe Mac Jones is the guy long term, I can't argue with you because we haven't seen enough. No, but I would say that this situation the Patriots have as an offense right now isn't isn't good for any quarterback. I, they don't have a good coaching staff in place. I think the offensive line needs help, and yep. there's a lot of there's a lot of going to be there's going to be some turnover at the receiver position because of contracts and because they just need to make some changes. Right. So I I don't want to put a rookie in that situation. I would rather yep. try to make those changes to be more quarterback friendly and give Mac another chance because you invested a first round draft pick in him. And while you make those changes, if he proves that he cannot be that guy, at least the situation is good for whoever would be the next in line. And to me, that's where I stand on it too. You, whether you like him or not, the team invested a, a high draft pick in him two years ago. You need to make sure that you give him the, put him in the best position to succeed. And if he fails, you know, it's because, of not if you know it's because of him and not the situation around him and yeah. if the situation around him is good you'll feel better about whoever's next if you move on from him okay good stuff derek all right and and to uh earlier you guys were talking about 
the succession plan for Bill. Right. That's when I'd bring back Brian Flores. Okay. Well, see, I wouldn't mind if Brian Flores was the next head coach of the New England Patriots. I I think he deserves enough. That's a great call, Steve. I would love to see him be the successor. I'm I'm there with you. Because I think think he's going to make a great head coach. Yeah. He was officially the linebackers coach for the Steelers this year. He'll his next his next uh, ascension will be going to be a defensive coordinator for a different team this year. I'm, yeah. I firmly believe he'll get that opportunity, and then he'll become a head coach within the next one or two years. So the timeline, I would love to have him back. The timeline is definitely in the you know the conversation because I think Bill yeah. has two more years. You know, but that's just my guess, okay. total guess. So we'll see. I think we've been saying two years for the past ten years, but yeah, the past ten years. So you know, we're you know, twelve I'm years saying- from now. Yeah. We'll be, saying, roll, we'll be wheeling him out, you know, for training camp. In that's a few right. Years and, that's and we'll right. He'll be fat Elvis by then. Okay. <laughs> so let's, so let's, let's wrap up this show for Derek Havens and Steve Balistrieri. I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Patriots fourth and two, the official podcast of passfans.com.